Hello and welcome to Why Carbs Won't Make You Fat. We are back after a unplanned break of a couple of weeks, but we're going to hit it hard. I've got Josh here today. Uh, Nick can't make it. Um, as far as I'm aware, Baby Metcalf isn't here yet, so hopefully he can join us next week. Um, but equally, hopefully he can't. So uh, either pretty way, that would be good. Uh, so how's things going, Josh? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, pretty busy doing about 25 to 30 hours of coaching a week and nice. then fitting in nutrition stuff in and around that and then started a new training block for myself. Now I can kind of dedicate some time to getting yeah. that, in, which has been really good fun, which is um, some new movements I've not done before, some plyometric stuff, quite a lot with uh, what uh, James programs for box jumps and depth jumps and things like nice. that. Trap bar jumps, some zerches in there, farmers. So kind of faux strongman stuff. So yeah, you've been like a, a an athletic strongman, the best exactly one, best yeah. type. Yeah, I keep saying yeah. that because I'm a weak strongman mm. and I don't back myself to be athletic. So. <laughs> yeah, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I've got um, competition a week on Sunday, mm-hmm. under ninety kilo novice strongman competition at here at HQ. So on home turf. Mm-hmm. Um, prep was going pretty well for that and then i had to have literally two weeks off so it's yeah. uh the eye-opening coming back to the weights now and uh, my conditioning is pretty low <laughs> so mm-hmm. um physically like okay like weight wise everything feels all right because i can yeah. kind of do it just i keep cramping out i keep running out of gas which is like isn't me mm-hmm. uh, but it is what it is like so um it'll come back yeah, last last bit of like hard work this weekend, bit of a training deload. Mm-hmm. I'm literally I'm like 84 and a half kilos, so I'm well under like I'd be one of the lightest people there, which also doesn't help me, but I can yeah, I can be how many events are there? Slob with my nutrition for a week yeah. trying. Uh what have we got? We've got um axle overhead press, we've got axle deadlift, um there is a yoke, which is like weighted thing you put on your back for those of us listening into a duck walk, which is just horrible. It's like a big mm. heavy weight with a T-bar handle that just smashes you in the groin for 20 meters. Um, um, and then it finishes off with two quite cool events. So sandbag to shoulder. So there's mm-hmm. 80, 80, 90, 100 in like a run. So quickest time wins. So right. that would be doable, but hard. Yeah, sandbags for a 90 kilo guy um but doable and to finish off because we've got atlas stones here so we're going to do atlas stone run which is mm-hmm. 70 80 100 100 120 kilo atlas stones to sort of descending heights so, oh cool it'd be pretty awesome. wicked and there's also um the reason the novice 90s is on is because there is a like elite 90 kilo one and some mm-hmm. of the 90 kilo athletes in that will be going to world's strongest under 90 kilo so there's some right. pretty serious strong men in that so it'd be cool to watch those guys and mm-hmm. be like oh wow that's literally double what i'm lifting well done lad <laughs> so yeah all good right so um on that note we are going to do a little bit about a couple of our clients so josh has got a really interesting little case study for one of his clients so um and i want to talk about one of mine on on the same note but we'll start off with josh because mm. I think your client's main goal is fat loss. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So he's a friend that kind of turned into a client. Sure. And he's 
had problems with his weight ever since I've known him and then he kind of informed me as to before as well but he's basically gone from fat to fit to fat to fit and kind of yo-yoing yeah. up and down and I'd say the the most significant recent weight gain was during the lockdowns he went from mm. a fit 88 kilo guy who could do uh Murph the CrossFit workout where you do a mile yeah. run 100, 100 pull-ups 200 press-ups 300 squats and then another mile run all with a weight vest on so he was in he was in good shape and um i don't know what time he did uh got for those workouts but either way doing that sort of thing you have to be in pretty good physical yeah physical yeah. condition um and then he's irish so he likes a drink yeah. and then, um not not generalizing the, but not a generalizing at the same time generalization, but still <laughs> um lockdown happened and then he went from 88 kilos up to 110 and height wise i'd say he's probably about 5'9 or 5'10 or something like that so yeah okay yes yeah, so it's... A, a lot of lot to carry around on that sort of sort of frame um and he works works in the city and mm-hmm. uh just trying to get back on a better lifestyle habit and trend and then he got into one of those corporate fitness things that come along yeah. for uh, weight loss training and things like that. One of a uh, particular a company called Fit Banker, which I'd never heard of before. Um, and doing a little bit of a delve into their, their, their story and methodology, but the guy who founded it again was working in finance in the city, high functioning job, quite stressful, um, but got to a point where he was overweight, overworked and then hospitalized so that was his come to jesus moment of thinking Mm -hmm. i really need to get a handle on this and so he started doing that weight loss journey training and then just creating more sustainable lifestyle habits and then he turned that into a business and that is essentially what fit banker is so from the outset it's a pretty good sounding product yeah i'm just on Uh, their website at the moment actually yeah and they go for the six pillars of health. So they've got nutrition, physical activity, mind-body connection, sleep, social connection, and authentic nature, which I think is one of their own things. But the five before that, I'd say uh, some of the things that crop up quite you know, quite a lot in the precision nutrition course I did and also mm-hmm. in the BTS stuff that we've gone through with the um, envir- environmental, sociological, psychological side of yeah things and not just purely down to exercise and what you eat um and so he signed up to this and was put through their body type quiz so finding out if he's a ectomorph mesomorph or endomorph and then mm-hmm. then there an e- a nutrition start eating plan was um curated for him and was put on a pretty harsh deficit i can't remember exactly what it was but um he did lose a significant amount of weight, which he was very pleased about. Um, but they, um, um, no, that was another thing to add. They do also uh, put in diet breaks or something like that, where yeah, you have cool. a week or maybe a couple of days just to go a little bit off piste. So you, you can have a bit of freedom with what you eat and then you come back to it. Um, but whenever that has happened, he's just because of his relationship with food and that um want for hedonic 
ultra palatable foods and yep. things like that it makes and his propensity for drinking too mm. makes it quite easy for him to pack the pounds back on again and yep. it was kind of got me thinking about um disordered eating in a way because obviously it can vary from people that mm. overeat or they undereat but they'll go on a particular course and they may get the results they want out of it but then there's mm. not from what where i what i can see there isn't much in the way of aftercare yeah 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 oh, that's the trickiest um, bit yeah and it and it puts me in mind of shows like um the biggest loser in america yeah. so you have uh jillian michaels shouting at you to lose weight and then you do lose get whittled down to the winner and they lose x amount of pounds and then you see them a few months later or a year later yeah. and they all come back again and it's something that's not really addressed but it does the initial thing looks mm. good on the social yeah. media post of saying they look like this now they look like this but what happened after yeah exactly that so um just interject a little bit here just like for the listener so uh diet break is what it sounds like it's a break from dieting the purpose of doing that is to reset your hunger signals a little bit primarily um as you eat less your appetite increases that's a natural thing so how do you stop that spiraling out of control will you eat more but obviously, if you eat more, come out of a calorie deficit, you stop losing fat. So the point is not to boost your metabolism or any of this like nonsense you might hear around that. But the point is to address the hunger a little bit, have a little reset in relatively structured way, I would say. I think this is where sometimes yeah. it can fall apart. Um, and come back like basically like I, I always tell my clients, it's like half time in a football match. You sit down, you have a few oranges and a nice drink, like 10 minute break. You come mm. out, recharge, ready to hit second half. And then, you know, obviously, if the game goes into extra time, you have another break quickly and do the same. So it's that kind of concept of chipping away in chunks. Um, from my own personal experience, I had a, a way, way, way back when I came out of doing quite a strict sort of bodybuilding style approach to my diet, wanted to get mm. rid of all the structure maybe and just give myself a bit of a mental reset and i was like well i'll just eat these two like eat three really big meals each day full of health and nutrition so that's all a good idea mm -hmm. literally have nothing else no snacks no chocolate no crisps no care nothing out i fancy eating but i will just set aside saturday afternoon from like midday till midnight to just have a bit of what i fancy right. but at that time in my life Saturday was the night we went out and got mega, mega drunk. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it ended up after a few weeks of being a few beers in, everyone's gone off to nightclub, don't quite fancy that. And I'm just stood in Burger King buying everything just for the sake of it, mm -hmm. which is then when it doesn't work. So especially when alcohol is concerned, not saying don't have any at all, but that like reduction in inhibitions plus a diet break isn't necessarily a good idea. No, and no. it can sometimes help to have a concept of what you do around that. So my advice for a diet break that I give to my clients goes along the lines of stick to your regular meal pattern. So if you normally have breakfast at eight, you normally have lunch at midday, you normally have dinner at 7 p.m., stick to that. Stick mm. to your regular snacking pattern. Try not to go mental on the booze but eat any food you like because where it can fall down is you just like brilliant right i can eat everything and you just sit there and eat everything 
every hour you can mm-hmm. um and what sometimes stems that behavior because not everyone will do that on a diet break they might just intuitively do the right you know, do something more balanced but if you're going all the way back to the start of what you're talking about if you're in a massive calorie deficit you're going to be really hungry people yeah. want really fast results that happens if you're in a big calorie deficit but equally it's not sustainable because the faster you go the less food you get to eat Mm-hmm. less food choices you get to eat and then like you talk about that hedonic pleasure if you yeah. take everything away you start wanting all those like little things that you don't normally have whereas if you um if you s- reduce the calorie deficit a little bit you can still include the odd luxury indulgence whatever it is a little bit of alcohol yeah yeah you'll go slower but you'll last the course and then when you exit that it's not such a big change either mm-hmm yeah, that's the thing, because I was um, working out, I kind of going back through some of my precision nutrition material. Mm. It was, um, again, they kind of used the somatotype thing in there, but it was basically taking someone's ba- uh, body weight in pounds and then tr- on a spectrum of between 12, 12 being pretty sedentary to 14 being moderately, a- moderately active. Okay multiplying the body weight in pounds by 12 and then by 14 this would give you two caloric targets to hit in a in a deficit and then trying to opt for the the higher one Mm -hmm. um it will in turn create a deficit but it will be a slower weight loss and you'll be less like you'll reduce body fat and you'll be less likely to lose muscle which is ideal where as opposed to going to the lower number, if after if after four weeks um, there isn't enough of a drop in their body fat percentage, then you can readdress it and maybe just t- uh, shave off a few numbers on that mm-hmm. first, um, higher calorie intake, and then just try that, see what works, and then you'll find that sweet spot. Yeah, and uh, so let's take it first. A lot of my clients let's take a typical typical example. Let's say we've got a lady in her fifties. She's like five foot two, I'm making this up slightly, but they're very fairly accurate. She's five foot two, um, sits at her desk all day. She maybe does like a yoga class once a week, right? Yeah. Uh, she might be, I might give her a calorie range of low end, low end 1300. Yes, that's low. Oh my God, don't crash her metabolism. That's not a thing. She's small. She doesn't move. She doesn't need very many calories, but I'll give her the higher end as well. So I'll be like, you're still in a slight calorie deficit at maybe 1500, 1600, which Mm -hmm. with the right food choices is doable. Mm -hmm. If you want to make faster progress, you can be down at 1300, but I don't expect you to be able to do that every day. And you probably shouldn't do that every day. Um, So the, yeah, the bigger you are, the taller you are, the more calories you need. The more active you are, the more calories you need. And that activity is mostly how often you stand up and move about during the day. It's not necessarily mm. crushing weights five times a week because that's not a massive delta. Step count is the biggest delta in terms of how much energy you burn during the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I like those range targets because then it brings flexibility. So people are like, yeah, I'm not hung- I'm not as hungry today. 1300 is easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really hungry today. I even give them their maintenance calories, which are higher than that. So I might say, well, you'll actually maintain, the same lady might maintain her weight at 1,800 calories. Yeah. Which again, with the right food choices is a pretty good amount of food for someone who's five foot two. Mm-hmm. 
for someone who's seven foot two that's not a lot of food like that's mm -hmm. but that's a different case so uh, again like a lot of people think like it's all good that on the back of a nutritional label in the uk we have like average male 2000 2500 calories to maintain their weight average mm -hmm. female 2000 calories to maintain their weight but if you're outside of that average height basically you're going to need more or less calories yeah one question to you um particularly with that because there's been some times when i've had conversations with this friend about mm. um ma mainly the initial uh body type quiz that he took yeah and trying to dispel that kind of that met that method basically and trying to yeah it's not very re well researched back to no, and, it, and it's it's quite hard because i could say i could tell partly by his body language and also his responses is the fact that I think as he's bought into this, yeah, he, he's um, kind of married himself to that idea and anything to the contrary, he'll just kind of shun basically. Mm -hmm. And it's quite tricky to find a, a, t a tactful way of getting him to think a little bit differently about it. And it's not necessarily pissing on his bonfire. Yeah. Um, but just trying to get him to understand that there are other contributing factors as to why he is the way he is. Yeah. So let's let's just explain that a little bit because I'm a little bit. Um, so they teach you this in level two and level three PT, which I think is a bit outdated, actually. It's probably they might not have taught you because I think you did a better qualification than mine. But that's, <laughs> like qualifications are what they are. And experience is very important. Um, possibly mm. more important um so there is like ectomorph mesomorph and endomorph Endomorphs. yeah three so me, me, me being like six foot two in a bit six foot three would be an ectomorph so yeah generally pretty slim leanish uh find it quite but finds it quite hard to bulk up or whatever you want to call it yeah and then you've got the Endomorph, like, like the typical rugby player physique, like square and blocky, and yeah, that's finds it easy. muscle maybe carries a bit of tin, but they're just beefy. Yeah, and then mesomorph is shorter and um, can put on body weight quite easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess for me, if I was uh, like, if for me, I I would be more along the lines of like, yeah, everyone has a different body shape mm -hmm. naturally. Some people look like X, some people look like Y. Yeah. Fundamentally, for any of those people to lose body fat, they need to get themselves in a calorie deficit. Mm. The way you make that calorie deficit happen literally doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? um, possibly more tactfully than that, but like, just <laughs> like, I think lead with, yes, everybody is different. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a very slightly different metabolism. They're not wildly different. Mm -hmm. but I, i've probably said this before on the pod i will sit here wave my arms about tap my foot i probably move position about six times since we've been on the call yeah. i burn more calories because of that mm -hmm. i'm not consciously trying to do that some people nat are naturally predisposed to be like i i'm not gonna I, why would i take the stairs like and it's not even a conscious decision yeah. if the elevator's there if the um escalator's there They'll take it. Whereas I'm more naturally predisposed to walk up the stairs without even thinking about it. What for whatever reason, genetics, upbringing, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like people are different in that regard. They put out a different energy expenditure. Um, and the final one is different people have 
a different food reward. I think that is apparent in some research. Um, and I think like jokingly on this podcast as well, before I've said like, and I mean this in the best possible way, like some people have the impulse control of a Labrador around food. Yeah. Like I know people like that. Same. Yeah. I love them, but it's harder for those people. Like, mm. and I, I, I can think of a couple of the strong men I know if they're listening to this podcast, they know exactly who they are. They'll take it with that <laughs> like, level of, but one of my, um, one of my clients, not the initial one I was going to talk about. One of my clients, Emily mm. has been overweight her whole adult life a whole whole family are overweight mm. there's probably a genetic component to that and emily has a very high drive to want to eat food mm. and finds it very hard to stay in a calorie deficit i can guarantee you just from my personal experience with her for emily to be in a calorie deficit requires a fuck ton more effort than it requires for me to be in a calorie deficit and not just because i'm more active if i had same job as emily mm. i would maintain my weight better because i have less food reward and that's not her fault mm -hmm. so we have to be accepting that everyone's different and these are all the factors why they're different but unfortunately in emily's case she has to get herself in a calorie deficit yep. she has pcos as well which doesn't help her mm -hmm. but we have to accept that she has that right. and deal with it um in the case of the five foot two lady we can't make her taller mm -hmm. what can we control we can control the food that goes in we can control habits we can control how active she is to a degree she has to work for a living mm -hmm. but we can start to, to maybe have like little exercise snacks where we're like can we get up out of the chair and go to the loo that's further away in the office and all those small things so it's a roundabout way of saying that you've got to accept everyone's different, allow them to feel, allow them to feel different. I think mm. that's the most, I think that's the most attractive part of the um, ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. Oh, I'm different. Yeah, you yeah. are. Everyone's different. But the core rules apply and the biggest rock to move is calorie deficit. How you make up your nutrition We'd love it to all be personalized, but what 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 the fuck are you going to do with that being personalized? So you're an ectomorph, your wife's a mesomorph. You're going to cook two different meals every night for the rest yeah. of your life? Mm -hmm. Probably not. So yeah, no, that's my yeah, that's yeah. my little take on it. Is that what you is that what you were? After? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the the, the, the uh, pro probably the more more of the take home thing for me from that last part was the uh, food reward absolutely mm -hmm. a, a huge thing and like and, say, and i think like almost like with that type of person just accept it and own it like mm -hmm. be who you are so actually here's like a different analogy but i um i have a qualification in exercise for parkinson's disease um, right. my father-in-law has parkinson's disease it is very slightly different and it's like absolutely game changing what you can do with exercise in parkinson's when you go do the course you have a bunch of volunteer patients that are very early stage Parkinson's. You spent all morning doing the course, learning all the stuff, learning all the exercises. You bring the patients in, you do the exercises with them. It's really hard for them. And at the end of that session, they're like so fired up about what they can do to control their condition. It's mm. insane. Yeah, yeah. In between that, we had like uh, one of the volunteers came in and they didn't do the exercise bit with us very much, but he was doing the... Um, assessment that you sit down and ask him a bunch of questions mm -hmm. and he had a little talk to us and he runs like a local group for par people with living with parkinson's right. he was like um yeah you see my tremor and he's had quite a distinct tremor 
And he's like, I tell everyone, just wear it as a badge of honor. Walk around everywhere. Don't put your hand in your pocket. Don't hide it away. This is you. Mm -hmm. Just wear it as a badge. And sometimes that mindset of, this is me, get it out there. It, once you're not trying to hide it away and fight it, be like, yeah, I, 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 I'm rubbish around food control, so I'm going to have to go take myself out of the kitchen at the party and sit somewhere else. Sure. Oh, why are you out here at the kitchen? I'm, sh- I'm shit around snacks. I can't do this to myself. I'm sitting here, so I don't do that. Like, just be <laughs> unapologetically yourself around it. And yeah. sometimes that can take a lot of the stress and strain away of like trying to hide away that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good take. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's say, so what can we take away for that guy? So actually, yeah, let's go with what's the short-term plan for that guy then? Or what has it been for you and him? Um, well, the, la- the last I heard from him, he'd gone off piece, put on some weight again, and then was signing up to do fit banker and also preparing for a either a run or a, a half marathon or something like that for a charity so the thing, the thing is he's he's quite an active person in the activities he chooses to do um, yeah like there's he's big into guns and shooting and there's been a couple of times when he's gone over to the states and done some tactical shooting courses like john wick sort of style stuff and there was after the first one where he realized um how inhibiting his body uh his body shape was for doing that he was having to get up and down crawl around and all that sort of thing and so if he could get a bit leaner he would um be able to be more mobile etc etc um and that was an incentive for him to initially sign up to this thing but it's uh like we said earlier it's just trying to i might actually suggest that next time i see him is um just reframing his mindset around that um food reward system because but even then we went out for a meal uh to a place that he uh like a, a fast food chicken place in town that he really liked and had been numerous times and then he came another on this particular occasion ordered what he usually ordered and then he's like this tastes different and it wasn't as rewarding as it had been before mm, and he was hyping himself up for this meal mm. as um as his treat or something on on that particular weekend yeah and came away from it feeling slightly disappointed by it and then mm. Subsequently, that place has gone out of business, but hey, that's by the by. Um, but it's, uh, it was an interest, interesting thing just to observe, g- given his previous previous experiences that place, and whether something has shifted in his brain. I'm not. I'm not Essentially, sure. Essentially, right, so here's the interesting thing about that for me, just thinking out loud, is in anything. Like, think about being a kid at Christmas. How mm. exciting is the month or the six months before Christmas? compared to the day the day is pretty exciting still mm-hmm. but how exciting is the day after it's not mm-hmm. and that's six months of like longing and wanting it's about the kind of desire it's like the point of like booking a holiday like yeah. almost like the build-up to it so if we've always got like oh my god this is going to be the best meal ever every single time like every day mm-hmm. it's like up 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 it's like um scrolling on your phone like 
like yeah. like instant instant gratification scroll scroll dopamine 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 put it down mm-hmm. and then you're like oh my god i'm not scrolling on my phone i'm like i haven't scrolled on my phone for five minutes like yeah. you get phone scroll scroll like if we can make a deal with ourselves to try and like delay that gratification a little bit because you get the most out of like waiting for it so if it's like yeah in this month i'll go and have my favorite meal once and it's going to be amazing but i'm going to have like all these steps in between and in between that when i'm off i'm off and when i'm on i'm dialed Mm-hmm. And almost like lean into that a little bit and go, I can and it's almost like being like, I can do that. Yeah. But there are some parameters about me doing that. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the client. So you and in, in, in any kind of weight loss journey, you've got to want to do it. Yeah. Enough. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that yo-yo behavior is like you're not just quite ready yet. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's hard because we all want to fix that friends, family, everyone wants to fix that, but the person has to be ready, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, definitely. Mm. Yeah, good things to take away from that. Cool. Okay, then. I think, let's leave it there for today because I think we'll talk about my client another day. I think that's quite a nice little case study. So, fancy doing a couple of take-home points for us on what we've done so far? Yeah, I'd say uh, the food reward um, that. Um, putting parameters around certain things and uh, allotting, like you said, a particular time or weekend or a day to have your favorite meal. Um, Mm. And what was the the third one? What was the third? Uh, I I think a little touch on the calorie counting and the deficit sort of thing as well. Yeah. Because... Well, it probably touches on something that we brought up on the podcast some weeks ago is just shifting the the word from diet to lifestyle or eating habit. Yeah, because yeah. whenever people think about making a change, they go, oh, I've got to go on a diet. And it always ends up sounding like a really negative thing. But if they yeah. can change the connotation towards that, uh, maybe being put on a deficit, that isn't quite so harsh. And they'll see the pounds, the body fat drop and the mm-hmm. muscle stays there or goes up or anything like that um would be a better way of approaching it so it just doesn't um villainize it quite so much yeah yeah i think i'm i'm very similar to you in the take homes i think one of my biggest things with i i, I reckon 95 percent of clients i'll give them a calorie range yeah because i want them to understand primarily that if you eat 1650 calories one day and you eat 1647 the next day, it, it literally it's the same thing. Like even if it's 200 calories different um, to have that flexibility of being like, you just need to be in a deficit. It doesn't need to be an exact number. Yep. Like, you know, a macro split is all good and well, but actually it doesn't really matter. And like the bigger rock to move is to get the calories right. Even in elite sports nutrition, that oh. athlete needs to have the right number of calories before you worry about how many carbs they're eating, how much protein they're getting in, what their supplementation regime looks like. All of that stuff is like the icing on the cake. It's the calories that matter and they can be quite broad. Because our activity isn't the same every day. And we don't need to micromanage that either by looking at our Whoop or our Garmin and being like, oh, well, today I burnt 1359 calories. So I'll eat exactly that. It doesn't need to be that accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I think as well, like this concept of the way that you lose fat is the way that you maintain it. It's just with slightly different portions. Mm -hmm. So that means when you lose fat, if your favorite food is ice cream, you should be eating ice cream. You should portion control that so you can continue to lose fat. And then when you go out, because you've already been eating ice cream in your calorie deficit, you're way less likely to be like, I'm going to order a treble Sunday with a side of ice cream. Yeah. Because you're not missing it as much. No. It's a bit counterintuitive to have slightly more calories and eat slightly dirtier in inverted commas than to be dialed for two weeks and then just keep falling off the wagon. So I think that's the other risk of get out of this mindset of you have to be dialed all of the time. You need to be dialed a little bit. Um, last point, Precision Nutrition used this concept of, you've probably seen it, Josh, the like a dimmer switch. Your nutrition yes. is like a dimmer switch. Mm -hmm. So everyone wants it to be clicked on all the time. They're like, yeah, yeah, I want to be on point, bang, bang, I'm smashing it, right? No one needs to have it on 100%. You need it about 80%. If your day is absolutely terrible and going up the swanee, even getting it all the way around to like 2%, as long as you don't turn it off, mm -hmm. and that 2% could just be like, you know what, I'm going to get up and go for a five-minute walk today, or I'm going to make sure I drink my water, or I'm going to have one piece of fruit today. Mm -hmm. Just don't stop doing something and moving yourself forwards and allow yourself to be like, this doesn't have to be perfect today, but it needs to be some effort in towards something. Yeah. and you know, you can go and eat like 4,000 calories at Burger King and still have an apple that day. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, that's not great, but at least you've had the intent to do something well by having the apple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bit of an extreme example, but I sort of yeah. exaggerate to make a point. But <laughs> right. Should we leave it there? Oh, yeah, well, good. Cool. Yeah. Nice and short and sharp today. Um, so to our listeners, apologies for the little break. We're back on it. Uh, short, sharp show this week. Uh, hopefully Nick will be back with us next week. And until then, where can people find you on social media, Josh? At Josh Weebout 90 on Instagram. Perfect. And I am at Food Flexibility on Instagram. You can check out my website, foodflexibility.co.uk. If you like the pod, uh, please uh, forward it on to a friend of yours. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. And until next time, remember, carbs won't make you fat.